0: Hello, welcome back to the Gritty Men podcast. I'm John Riggs, and as always, we're here to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Hey guys, thank you so much once again for tuning in to the Gritty Men podcast. As always, we hope that this will be for your good and for God's glory. And um, you can reach me at grittycompany.com, and if you want to order um, anything there, uh, feel free to do that. We'd love to to um, get that out to you, but anyway... Um, just be patient with us on that. We're trying to get it completed and finished out. There's a lot left to do, but we're getting there. So um, we're excited about that. And if you would like to have us come and help you get a Gritty Camp going at your church with the stuff that we have, um, you can contact me also at grittycompany.com or want me to come speak to a men's group, whatever that would be. I'd be more more than happy to do that. So Um, Let's go ahead and get back to what we've been talking about for the last uh, several episodes and there's five of these in totality and today we're going to look at the fourth arrow of what Paul gives the men of Corinth as the five arrows of biblical manhood. We're going to look at arrow number four. Now I know that it's been maybe uh, a week or so since you've heard the last podcast. Let me give you a quick refresher. Um, we're looking at the passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13-14, through 14, which is actually a verse that we here at this podcast love. It's kind of a theme verse for us. And it's where the Apostle Paul, um, he exhorts the men uh, of Corinth to, first of all, they were to be watchful, they were to stand firm in the faith, they were to act like men and be strong and let all they do be done in love. And so we broke this down into five arrows Um, And we are looking at this quiver of five arrows that Paul gives to these men. And the first arrow was to wake up. They were to be watchful, alert, ready, on go, aware of what's going on in the world so that they could make the right necessary decisions uh, about the time and the situation that they were living in. The second arrow we looked at was um, the arrow to stand firm in the faith. And we called that one stand up. We need to be men that not only wake up, number one, but number two, step up. And uh, Paul was referring to the fact uh, that these men would be unwavering in their faith and character, solid solid men of integrity, men that could be counted on, steady, um, consistent, and dependable. The third arrow we looked at last time uh, was to man up. It is, Paul says, act like men. And we learned that what Paul was saying here in this phrase, it literally means to become fully complete and mature. It means to grow up in Christ. Uh, they were to, um, com- to leave the, the um, basics of salvation and to go on up into the upward call of God into maturity. And we need to be mature men, straining, pushing, and looking for um, ways in which God can help us grow. And so we want to mature. We want to become mature, complete men of God. Christian men that are mature um, are necessary especially in the days in which we're living in. And so this third arrow was one we would use often. We need to act like men. The fourth arrow we're going to look at today is um, where Paul talks about the phrase that these men were to be strong. They were to be strong. And I'm going to use the word power up here, the phrase power up. Um, Not only were these men to act like men um, and that Christ was to be the standard Uh, of of what true biblical manhood is they were to be strong strengthened in the Lord Um, that they were to find their true source of strength was in Christ Um, if God is for us who can be against us all of these incredible truths of what it means to be loved by God redeemed by God in Christ Jesus to be adopted into the family in the kingdom of God all of these incredible truths that that is the source of strength that we have as Christian men It comes from something much greater than ourselves. It comes from the power that we have in Christ Jesus with the Spirit of God living in and through our life. And it is God's dominating strength and power. That's where the real source of power to live as a godly, mature man in this day and time, unwavering in faith, alert, ready and engaged. This is what we're looking for in this uh, fourth arrow in fact in first timothy chapter 4 verse 8 the apostle paul writing to timothy says for a while um training bodily training is of some value we know that there is value in physical training and we here at the gritty men podcast and the gritty company we aspire to help men grow and develop discipline in those three areas the mind the body and the spirit we really Um, are really focused in on those three areas because we're a triune being created after the triune God, one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are one man in these three areas, the mind, the body, and the spirit. And so we're developing discipline in these three areas. Why? Because we want to be complete, whole Um, And we want uh, to have the disciplines of development and maturity in those three areas. We know that our physical training, as Paul says, has great value. um, And it's part of our discipline. Disciplining the body, having control over the body, being physically active and fit and healthy. Is, is part of our responsibility in relation to the temple of God, which is our body, which is the very vessel we use to do the work of ministry and to be fathers and husbands and work and companies and all that we do. This is something that we need to take care of, and it is the very temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. It is the physical body. So Paul says, hey, there's great value. There is value in the physical training of our bodies, and so don't ever neglect that. We see that often neglected because it's one of the easiest things to neglect, And our body wants ease, comfort, and it hates to have um, difficulty, and it hates to be uncomfortable. Uh, It hates to be pushed, and it hates to to have to have to, to to put out. It really wants to just conserve. That's what the body naturally wants to do. So we have to beat the body. We have to make it our slave. Bring it under submission to our authority. Um, And we make it do what we want it to do. So training your body, guys, is incredibly important. As the Apostle Paul says, it does have great value. But he moves on and says this. um, But godliness, that would be spiritual training. It has value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So not only does spiritual training affect us personally right here and now where we live in real time and place, but it also is going to have an impact and an effect um, for the life to come. So we want to really focus on that as well. But we know that our physical bodies and our spiritual bodies and our mental faculties are all necessary in every element of this. And if one of them is off, and one of them is left out, then we're not going to be what we—excuse me—what we need to be. Um, we know that to be true. So, um, the mind, the body, and the spirit—these are the areas that we really, 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 really focus in on. And that's what Paul is looking at here today about the the strength and the power that we have. Um, Paul says, "Listen, um, that power that we have is." from the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is lived out in the power of the Spirit of God living in and through our lives, and there is power there, and um, He is the source of our strength, and so um, we want uh, to be men who power up, okay? You're going to need to to realize that for us to, to, to live in this physical world with all the spiritual dimensions of what we live in, the reality of the spiritual realm and the physical realm, you're going to have to be strengthened in the spirit man, if you will, to live out in this physical realm uh, and to bring glory to God. Paul knows that there's value in physical training, the mind, body, and spirit. Um, and so I'm going to ask you this question, guys. On a scale of one to 10, if we just did that simple one to 10 scale, um, what physical shape are you currently in? Are you in good physical condition? Are you training your body? Are you at the gym? Are you exercising on a regular basis? Are you being watchful and careful over what you put in your mouth? So on a scale of one to 10, where would you place yourself? And only you can answer that. And so if you find yourself on the right side of the scale, um, that you are, um, in excellent condition, you're not in excellent condition, um, naturally, unless you're 20 years of age, right? Naturally, you're going to be in pretty good condition, but if you're going to be in excellent shape, even at 20, there's a lot of 20 year olds that are out of shape. Um, you know, here not long ago, we did a ruck um, in Oklahoma and it was, uh, it was about. I guess it ended up being 12 miles, I think total. Anyway, we had some younger guys on that ruck and it was pretty hilly and it was, it had some real difficult terrain to it. So I encouraged the guys. I said, listen, go, go light on this one. Do not go heavy because you're going to have a lot of elevation up and down. Some of them were saying, well, you know, how much weight should we bring? You know, should we bring 45 pounds or whatever? I said, no, absolutely not. You don't need to do that. Um, In fact, you need to go light on this one just because of what I know this to be. And there were some young guys who came on there that literally didn't bring anything but water. And they were trashed on this ruck. And they're just young. Some of them were 30 years of age. And no one at 30 should be in that poor of condition. Um, So it doesn't get easier the older you get. And so now that I've broke the 50 mark, um, I realize the necessity of this and it's the consistency and we want to have bodies that can be used for the glory of God and the strength and the energy and the health to be able to do what God's given us to do not only that but just to simply enjoy life and if you're obese and you're overweight and you're out of health cardiovascular in the cardiovascular sense um, or you're physically weak um, and you're not able to defend yourself or protect yourself um, you know there's a lot of elements here you need to, you need to take this into consideration greatly. Um, this is very important. Okay. And so only you can determine that, but if you are in poor shape, the good news is you can change that. You have the power to do that. Now, do you have the discipline? I don't know. Are you going to have to wait for a doctor to tell you that you have X, Y, and Z, and you have no option here. And he simply gives you a ticket of motivation. I hope not. Um, develop this discipline, do it every day of your life or several times a week, stay consistent at it and you will benefit from it. Because also, I'll tell you this, I have found in working my body out and being physically fit, um, for me, it affects my mind. In fact, I would say the greatest benefit that I receive uh, from either going to the gym and lifting weights or to rock or to run or whatever it is, I have found that the greatest benefit for me is my mind, because of the work that I do and the nature of what I do, um, I need to have something that helps my mind a lot because it's it's it's, it's a it's a it's a straining um, work that I do, and so mentally, and man, the physical aspect of this is so good just in the relation to how it affects my mind. So if you're struggling with your mind. Let's say you're really struggling. Maybe you're struggling with some depression or anxiety. Maybe you're struggling with anger. Um, You know, whatever it may be, I want to encourage you to start implementing every day in your life a segment of time that you will work out. We as men, we need to sweat, man. We need to work out. Now, there was a time in my life that my job was physical. I, was, um, I did a lot. You know, we were in the, when I was in the ranching industry, man, I was busy all the time outside doing stuff. You know, now that I'm not doing that so much anymore and my whole world and my life has changed as far as relation to what I do on a regular basis, um, I do a whole lot more studying and a whole lot more um, just counseling and, and all the stuff that I do. It, it's necessary for us to sweat, man. We need to sweat and we need to do hard things um, because there's some hard things coming. No question. You're not going to get off this train. There are some hard things coming. And those people who are not physically fit, they're going to struggle greatly um, and mentally fit and spiritually fit. We want to be all three. Okay, moving right along. Let me ask you this question now. Now that you answered your physical condition and you have the power to change and implement that right now in your life, and I want to encourage you to do that, um, how are you in relation to your spiritual shape? And I don't mean a pear or an apple or or whatever. I mean, in, in, in your, in your condition spiritually, how are you spiritually fit? Um, and here's the thing, guys, we know that when we stop working out, we either physically, I'm talking spiritually and physically here. When we stop doing these things, we will atrophy. That's what happens to our bodies. They become weak they atrophy they're susceptible to injuries they're susceptible to disease and spiritually speaking and physically speaking we know that when we stop exercising these disciplines whether it's physical or spiritual then we know that we will atrophy and there is a there's always an an effect a cause and effect so your muscles in the physical sense um and spiritual sense if you think about your faith and so on and so forth Um, they, they require, um, um, adversity to grow. And not only do they require adversity to grow, they require consistency to grow and they require food to grow. And so spiritually and physically, these are the true realities that we have as men. Um, you always, you've heard this probably said, it's a cliche you hear often that you either use it or you will lose it. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and in a sense, there's some truth to that. So get after it physically and get after it spiritually, get in the word of God, study and prepare yourself, get out there physically and start hammering away, man. Uh, do some hard things, set some goals for yourself for this year and don't stop until you achieve them and keep going. Okay. Set some spiritual goals for yourself, whether you're going to memorize a certain amount of scripture or or you're going to set aside, you're going to read through the Bible in in, in one year. Um, You're going to set parameters around your eyes and your mind and you're you're going to do certain things. Set those goals and then follow through and discipline and achieve those things. Um, Here's the thing, too, guys. Don't run from adversity. Don't run from adversity. In fact, embrace adversity. Why is that? Because God God uses adversity in our lives to grow the most important things that we have as men. And that's going to be, number one, the most important thing is it's going to test the genuine nature of our faith. God uses adversity to help test the genuine nature of our faith. And it's when you experience adversity and your faith is tested, then you are encouraged in that you know that your faith is genuine. In other words, if right now you're going through a time of of adversity, and if you're not, you will. Okay, this is just life. And God uses these elements of adversity in your life that will challenge your faith. Okay, if your faith has not been challenged recently, it will be in the future. And there's a reason and a purpose for this because adversity causes growth and adversity also tests what we currently have and reveals the genuine nature of where we are spiritually and guys physically. If you don't believe me physically, this afternoon, go to the gym and I don't care if it's bench or squat or deadlift. I don't don't care what exercise you want to do. If you go and put yourself under the adversity of weight. You are quickly going to find out where you are. It's going to test the genuine nature of how strong you are. What's your current condition? Here's another one. If you don't know your cardiovascular shape, take off, put on a pair of tennis shoes, and go out and start running today and see how far you can run today. And what's going to happen, you can sit here in this chair and say, Man, I'm in great shape. Just look at me. I mean, I'm not overweight. I don't care. You probably could still be in very, very, very poor physical condition because weight is not only the marker of whether or not you're in shape or not. um, Your heart is, your cardiovascular system, um, your lungs, your respiratory system. All these things are tied together. So go out and test yourself. And that's why I keep telling you guys, man, set these goals for yourself and test yourself. Why? Because it's going to prove something to you. Um, It's going to test how how strong your body is physically, how much endurance do you have or do you not have? And here's the thing God is allowing adversity in your life guys to test the most important thing you have and that is the genuine nature of your faith that you know. I've recently gone through one of these tests spiritually and um, I've been I've gone through this test it's it's been a test for a few weeks and I find myself you know, going, man, you know, I mean, you know, and it's testing the genuine nature of my faith. And what is encouraging to me is on the, on the, on the opposite side of the test. Once I've gone through that and I'm here at the other side of it, what I find is, is I'm encouraged. And you know why I'm encouraged? Because my faith is genuine because it's still held on there. And listen, you're going to you're going to have moments and times of doubt. You're going to question God. You're going to ask, "Where are you, God? God, are you hearing me?" You're going to pray, and it's going to be as if God isn't answering. You're going to experience all of these things. You're going to. Um, Come up against these things in adversity that are going to challenge your faith. But in challenging them, what it absolutely is doing is it's proving to you that your faith is truly genuine. Individuals that lose their faith, you hear people say, I lost my faith. Well, it proves that their faith that they lost was not genuine to begin with. Okay, now you can struggle in your faith. That's not the same as losing faith. You know, where you're just blatantly, I don't believe God anymore. It's not real. It's not, you know, that's the thing. And so think about this. We want to understand the fact that it's very, very significant that we don't run from adversity. But in fact, we embrace it and we're encouraged by it because it's testing and it's proving grounds for the authenticity of my faith. And physically, it is the testing grounds for the authenticity of how strong I am, what physical condition I am, how's my cardiovascular system, how's my respiratory system. What kind of faith do you have? What kind of physical condition are you in? Thank God that we have these things at the end to show, to show us what we have in regards to our faith. Here's what it says in First Peter 1, 3 through 9. I love this passage of scripture. Many of you do as well. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, it is undefiled, and is unfading. It is kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Here it is. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Why do you love him? Because your faith is genuine. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. Why do you believe in Christ? Because you have genuine faith. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Why do you have joy in the Lord? Because your faith is genuine. Obtaining the outcome of your faith. What will be the outcome of your faith? The salvation of your souls. Guys, change the way you view adversity. And it will change the way you endure adversity. Um, the power we need is working is the working of Christ through us by faith. On a scale of one to ten, if we were to, 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 to just to measure this, how strong is your faith? Now, sometimes my faith's not that strong. Um, but in the end, through the test, my faith is still standing. And what does that tell me? And what does it tell you? It tells you your faith is genuine. It tells you your faith is genuine. Because, see, here's what gold does. When you stick gold in a fire, the impurities are what? They're burned off. But what is left is gold. Gold. It's not consumed by the fire, it's purified. And that's what's being happened to you and I. We are in pursuit, guys of the upward call. When tests come, embrace them. God is strengthening and testing the genuineness of your faith. He's allowing it, not for Him to know, but something more significant, but for you to know. It's for you to know. Maturity is the goal. Salvation is the ultimate end of our faith. That is, we are pursuing Christ likeness in our lives in Romans 3 Romans excuse me Romans 5 3 through 5 we rejoice Paul says in our sufferings now this is not easy but Paul understands something here that we have just learned about this there's something about what Paul endured through suffering and endured them in the strength of the Lord that produced something in his life. And that was genuine faith, maturity in Christ. And listen to what it says. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance is necessary. In other words, I've set some lofty goals for myself this year in relation to the physical aspect of my training, okay? And I've set them not for anyone else. I've set them for me because my race of faith is not against you and you're not against me. Our churches all act like we are. We're all against each other like we're competing here. You know what I'm saying? It's incredible. No, my race of faith is personal for me. And I'm cheering you on in yours, and you're cheering me on in mine. Just like the races that I'm setting for myself physically this year, they're not for anyone else, and frankly, I'm not racing anyone else. These are about the journey of my endurance. These are about a journey. And the journey is going to be what I learn the most about myself. The race is just the climax of the test that will test my training. But the training, which is the adversity aspect of it, the training part of it is where I learn the most about me. It is, it is where I learn, am I really that disciplined? It's where I still see the weaknesses in my own flesh that I have to beat down It's when you're tired or you don't want to or you don't feel like doing it that you have to say, no, we are going to do this. See, it's it's during all of this, the journey of it all is that I am what I'm it's for me. And that's kind of selfish. Yes. But it's it's testing some stuff for me in my life. And so I want to encourage you to do the same. So many of you guys out there, you're, you're not setting any of these goals for yourself. You're just taking the easy road, man, and the easy road will, will, lead, will lead nowhere good. No one ever arrives in victory by taking the easy road. No one ever excels at anything they do by the easy road. No, it's not true. Endurance is very, very important, and it takes time to develop endurance. You can't have endurance like that. Does not happen. And see, whether it's guys in the gym that want to take um, whatever to cheat the system or whatever it would be to get there quickly. Now, they're still working, but you know what I'm saying? That's their own choice. They can do that if they want to. Or, but, but here's the thing. You really can't cheat running. What I mean by that is there are things you can do to increase your endurance, but you still have to do the running, right? And so it's all about lung development, body development, core development, mind development. It, it takes the developing of something, and things are not developed overnight. So here's the thing. Quit looking for the easy, quick route because you're missing the lessons of the journey, That's why this race of faith, it is endurance-based. It is not that quick. No, it's endurance-based because what? The benefit of what we learn, not only about ourselves, but we learn about our Savior along the way. And so set some goals, whether even business. Sometimes there's an overnight success in business, but for most people, what? It takes time business has to develop. Just like we as people develop. So here's the thing I'm trying to say to you. Endurance is very, very important and it takes time to develop endurance. And endurance though is so great because what it does is it produces something in us. Character. How does endurance produce character? Because character is developed in the process of Developing endurance. Do you see what I'm saying? Let me just give you a, like, a, like a, a quick analogy here. If you had, and, and this is kind of worldly, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway, a lot of us would say, you know what, a lottery ticket to wealth would be just the greatest thing ever. In other words, I go throw a buck down, I buy a lottery ticket, I win the, 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 the Powerball, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just a massive multimillionaire overnight. What's interesting about that is that most people who win the lottery are broke in a matter of years. Do you know why? Because there was no endurance required and thus there was no character developed. You have to learn character traits in order to handle wealth. And that takes perseverance development through time. Character is not made in a day. Your character is forged over the duration of time. That's why Paul says, listen, Embrace these things because what's going on in your life is far greater than you know. And there's a multifaceted thing happening in your life that while you're going through suffering, you're developing endurance and suffering plus endurance, the process of it all has built something for you. That is something that cannot be purchased. Character is developed Your character is incredibly important. So important that it's mentioned here in Scripture that character produces something else. Hope. Hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is incredible. It's incredible. God's process in our lives is for a purpose. It don't waste anything. not a thing. Paul says in this fourth arrow that we need to power up. we need to find our strength in the Lord. And in our strength in the Lord, all of what God is doing is he is providing the strength we need to endure and to go through all of these things. Our strength comes from the Lord, yes but we operate in that we walk these things out in Christ, right? That's what we do. James 1, 2 through 4 says the same thing again. It Not only did Paul say here in Romans that we're to rejoice in suffering, but James also says that we are to count it all joy. There it is again. Instead of the word rejoice, he says count it all joy, which is the same thing. What? My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. See, I have a sense of joy after I'm done at the gym. <laughs> like it's I don't know if that's joy or <clears throat> or if it's just happiness. You know, when you don't feel like it, but you do it anyway. When you're done, you're like, man, I am so glad that I did that. I feel better now, man. I, I really, really, really do. And 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 so both Paul and James are saying that these trials that we endure in life, there is a purpose in them, okay? Don't miss the purpose in the suffering aspect or the trial. Don't miss it. And here, on the front side of it now, as it begins, if your mindset is right, It's not about just simply enduring it like, oh, but if it's, if there's joy in this and why can there be joy in this? Because Paul says the outcome of it on the other side, it is worth the endurance that you had to what develop because of your character and because of what the development of who you are. That is, that is priceless and it can't happen with one without the other. And so what you end up finding is there's a lot of very shallow individuals because they've never had to what they've never developed anything. You have to develop. It takes time and it takes effort and it takes trial to do that, whether it's weight, whether it's running, doesn't matter whether it's business, whether it's wealth, um, spiritually, maturity, all that It's part of it. And then he moves on and says, why? Why would you have joy, he says, when you meet trials of various kinds? For you know, you know this, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. To be steadfast, that means to be immovable, to be consistent, to be steady. That is awesome. See, you're having something produced in you through these things. And let steadfastness have its full effect for, excuse me, that you may be perfect and complete means mature. There's a maturing process going on here lacking nothing see this is incredible oftentimes we don't look at it this way if you think man oh i gotta go run are you kidding me you're missing the whole point man you don't gotta but it's essential that you do go to the gym yeah, i don't want it's essential that you do studying the word oh you know not today oh yeah it's essential that you do why Because God is developing you. He is our source of strength. He's developing you. And it's incredible what God is doing for you and for me. Now, if you want to read a great story in the Old Testament of how God used testing and trial not only to accomplish His will, but to also develop and bless the man he was developing. Read the story of Joseph. And you can read the story of Joseph in Genesis 37, 39, 40, 41. You read it all the way through there. And it's incredible. And what you will notice is, how did Joseph endure all this? He would say, it would say, and the Lord was with me. Joseph let me say this also guys about this this last arrow not the last arrow this fourth arrow when it says be strong in the Lord oftentimes we don't even realize that it is the strength of the Lord that is carrying us through we don't even know it it is the strength of God that carries us through and I'm speaking spiritually here God's strength and power working in and through our life through the Holy Spirit of God oftentimes we don't see that happening but God is doing that in our life so guys this this arrow you're going to have to To be strengthened in the Lord. And when, if you're going through a testing or a trial, that's why stay in the Word. Keep yourself encouraged in the Lord. Read Scripture. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Why? Because you're going to need it. Because this arrow is so significant to be a man of God. You need to know your source of strength comes from the Lord. Because of what we are actually engaged in and what we are what is essential for us to be able to overcome all these things thank you guys so much um you're going to use this arrow every day of your life whether you know it or not um god's power is working mightily through us and i'm so grateful for that to know that that not only do i have jesus christ interceding for me at the right hand of the father as romans tells us but we also know that the holy spirit who's been given to us he intercedes for us on our behalf we don't know how to pray but the inter. The intercession of the Spirit of God says he prays for us that the will of God would be done in our life. We have God working for us. If he's for us, who can be against us? Be encouraged in this, this fourth arrow. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong, men. Not in your own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. God bless you guys. Stay gritty. And the next time on the Gritty Men podcast, we will be looking at Paul's fifth arrow of biblical manhood. Until then, stay gritty, and we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Bye-bye.